Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. You didn't know whether to buy some chocolate-covered strawberries and beer or some flowers and some nacho cheese. She shouldn't have been participating. Russia should not be there. I haven't seen a defensive tackle take over a game like he did. Cube, to me, should have been the headliner. It's either Prince or Michael Jackson, and if anybody else wants to argue, they're out of their mind. Do you remember a little show called Scarecrow and Mrs. King? I am running for Harris County Treasurer. My name is Dr. Carla L. Wyatt. Your vote is your voice. If you don't use your vote, you lose your voice. Right there at Burger Park, the original Timmy Chans, those swingers and bangers, those boys out there, if you ain't poking, you're joking. I am South Park, Texas. How you gonna get fined on your off day? We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three. Two, one, and once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Oh! Mama, there goes that man. You know, ladies and gentlemen, the star of our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad to be back. Took me a little longer than usual, but we're back and you're back. So welcome back. And if this is your very first time listening around the country, around the world, welcome aboard. Come be a part of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group, the family, and be interactive. And I'll tell you how you can do that. You can start by going to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page on Facebook. There's also a fan page. You can like the fan page, join the group, and then uh, you can hang out with us, not just on game days, on podcast days, but you can contribute and occasionally chime in on poll questions and questions that I pose for you guys for the We the People segment. You can do that, and you can also call me. You can call me 24 hours a day. Well, not me, but you can call the sports line at 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. Leave a comment, a question, feedback, suggestions, whatever you want to leave, and you might just be a part of the very next podcast. So those are two ways you can be interactive. Can't go to the website. Website is down. Efforting to get that back up. But it's Wade's Word Productions, and once the website is up, you can join the email list and get periodic emails from us. So that is going on. And also on Twitter, you can follow me at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. So you got it? Uh, You'll be reminded throughout. But nonetheless, great show for you this time out. We bring back our guy from the Defender Network, part of our special teams unit, Terrence Harris, he will join us to talk about a number of things. In addition to that, you heard this young lady for the first time on the Super Bowl edition. She's back to talk about her beloved Pittsburgh Steelers. A lot of Steelers talk with D Loves Sports. She's coming up. In addition to that, a new segment. Well, not a new segment, but the revival of an old segment called Sports E. Because these athletes are more than just athletes. They sometimes bleed over into the gossip uh, columns and uh, the entertainment shows. We wanted to talk a little bit about that with Life on Lock. She's the newest member of the special teams unit, so she's a part of the crew. We'll hear from her. Also, we will have 
on the minor world for the big dummy of the episode. We'll hear from our resident DJ, our sponsors, and a little bit more than that. So let's get started with some headlines. In headlines, well, there are a lot of disheartening stories, depressing stories in the world of sports. But if you hang in there with me, there's some good news related to the podcast, kind of. I mean, it's bigger than the podcast, but the podcast has something to do with it. And you hear about that in just a little bit. But let's start with some of the rough stuff. Some of the rough stuff. Major League Baseball, the union and the owners have failed to come to an agreement. And the baseball season is delayed. They've canceled the first couple of series. And so now we're looking at mid-April. And there are no more talks to be scheduled until a couple days from now, if those talks even happen. And there's a lot going on in that one of the things i'm sort of surprised by and i'm proud of is that finally the fan base gets it finally they are siding with the players with labor over ownership and here's why it comes down to this and a lot of people look if you feel like oh they just get all this money for playing the game no understand this they get all of this money because millions of people around the world watch them play and attend games and support them and and really hang with bated breath to see what happens day in and day out in baseball. If you are an engineer, if you are a policeman or a mailman, they're not 50,000 people lining up every day to see you do your job. So they deserve to be compensated whatever they can get. I mean, this is, again, free market. But here's the biggest thing. Over the last four years, revenues in baseball have gone up and player salaries have gone down. So how does that work? How do you make more money off of the players and the players make less money? So this this is one of the things they're fighting for. And this is where analytics come into play. So let's start at the beginning with this. When a rookie comes in to play Major League Baseball, the organization essentially controls his career for the first six years before he really hits free agency and get can get that that big time deal okay so to have a year of service under your belt as a rookie to start that clock a ticking <laughs> you have to be in the big leagues 172 or 171 days so once that happens now the clock starts ticking and you know that your day where you'll be a free agent and can control your own destiny, that day will start seven or six years from that point, essentially. So what happens is these teams, these organizations, these owners, they're not allowing a guy to be in the majors for 172 or 171 days. They'll keep him up for 169 days, 170, whatever that, what is the, the, whatever the threshold is just under that. And that delays the guy's clock from starting where he can be a free agent and make the big money. And the players are going crazy over this. This is crazy. If you hold a guy back over one game, that's just that's cheating the system, and that, that means you can control a young player one year longer. Now, here's the other shoe dropping on that. With all of these new owners coming in and analytics being such a huge part of baseball, now these owners, when guys hit their late 20s and their early 30s, they don't want to give them 
the big contracts because they know analytically and the analytics tell them that these guys won't produce. You will be throwing money away on production. So they don't want to pay you on what you've done previously, you know, old baseball, you would of course pay a guy. Maybe you give him a sweetheart deal because of what he's done for your organization because he was a star. Maybe he helped you win a championship. So you know that, yeah, you may not be getting value on his next contract, but you kind of owe the guy. Well, see, these new owners are not like that. They're not about, Oh, you did this for us. Thank you. They look strictly at what you are going to do for the next six, seven years of your career. And thus, they're not giving these guys, these huge Albert Pruhos 10-year deals. They're not giving them those deals at 30 and 31 years old. But the problem is, if a team can control you, if, say, you get to the majors at 22, your clock starts ticking. You, you'll, be, you'll be 28 years old before you get your first chance at free, true free agency. And depending on what these owners think or these organizations think, they're not going to pay you. Used to be you get that deal, that second deal, that third deal, you get money. It's not like that anymore with these new sort of owners. So that's a huge, huge deal and one of the big deals that they're negotiating about. There are other things that are a little bit more intricate that even I haven't gotten into all of the details about. But again, let's hope that they can get a deal done. Remember this. Baseball is making more money. The players are making less money. Now, Along those lines, as the owners have made more money over the last four years, have they charged less for tickets? Have they charged less for beer? Have they charged less for gear, swag? Have they charged less for parking? The answer to those questions is no. So I've never understood why people side with owners over labor. I mean, wouldn't you do that on your job? I mean, and that's part of the problem with what's going on now. We don't have a lot of folks in unions anymore to really collectively bargain for better situations in their workplace and higher salaries and all those things. So with the great resignation, collectively people have unionized, whether they've known it or not, and say, hey, no, we need higher salaries. And now people are exploiting those situations because they can't. But again, unions are important. I'm supporting labor in this situation. Now you can say, oh, they make means to play a game. No, no, it's not that. Nobody's paying you millions of dollars to watch you deliver mail or do whatever it is you do, sell cars, whatever your job is. They're not thousands, if not millions of people standing around waiting to see how you do from day to day. And so again, uh, go players. I hope it gets worked out. I want to see some baseball, of course, lifelong Astros fan and and really have been pulled in. And and there are a lot of unanswered questions about this team, but Verlander's back. We don't know about Correa. Dusty's back. Dusty Baker's back. So I want to see some baseball. I'm excited. It's that time of year. Of course, I mean, we sports fans and folks in sports media, we have a calendar, an, an internal clock that tells us, when something is about to happen. I know when I smell burned grass, it's time for two-a-days. 
I know that when you start hearing about Santa Claus, it's time for basketball. Although the season starts in October. But still, essentially, for football folks, your calendar starts then. You know that in the springtime, when things start to warm up, and it's still just a little nip in the air, although global warming is changing all of that, you know that it's time for baseball, for March Madness and for baseball. Won't be any baseball. May not be any baseball for a long, long time. But, hey, I'm with you, players, and uh, rectifying that situation. Tony Clark, the union rep, that's a bad man. I think a lot of people have underestimated him, but he's doing a great job of galvanizing his, uh, his group. And they're staying, you know, steadfast and sticking together so far. It's still pretty early. Lockout went into effect December 1st. But so far, the players are in the game. They're focused. They're doing their thing, and, uh, you know, they're fighting for what's right. And we'll have to see how that pans out. Also, NBA is going on. We're going to talk some March Madness and some NBA. We're going to have some guests on. So we're going to try to get some coaches on to talk some uh, some swag basketball. We're going to talk to uh, our guy from the special teams, Daniel Ewing, former Duke Blue Devil, Los Angeles Clippers guard, and Willow Ridge guard, all everything around these parts. Uh, we'll catch up with him soon and get you geared up for the tournament. NBA, we'll get more results from the Simmons-Harden trade. So far, so good for Philadelphia. Things looking great for them. Simmons has yet to play. I don't know what's up with that, but I have zero expectations when it comes to basketball players actually playing games. Now, that's an overstatement, but there are a lot of crazy things going on in basketball. We've talked about those things before. Now, the other thing that a lot of folks are just uh, sort of enthralled by these days is the situation in Ukraine. It's a crazy situation, and a lot of things that are going on in the world of sports. Maybe not all of the sports that we watch or we participate in uh, supporting, but a lot of big-time sports, including uh, FIFA, and they have uh, uh, put the Russian teams out. They will not play against Russian teams. Formula One is not going to Russia. Also, in addition to that, uh, the WTA will no longer play in Russia. There were a number of events that were supposed to take place in Russia or have Russian participation. Those things are coming to an end as the world sort of unites around Ukraine in this really, really crazy time. Of course, I'm also sort of a history buff, so I see these things and I see the parallels from the beginnings of World War II. It's just uh, it's a mess over there. And whatever athletes, you know, Alex Ovechkin, for the Washington Capitals. He is a, a big-time Putin guy. Now, he's been forced to answer questions about Putin and that regime. He's trying to stay away from it and not throw Putin under the bus because of his allegiance to his you know, his leader. But, again, a lot of these players are, are catching uh, grief. You have some guys really asking for peace, players from Russia, players from Ukraine, players from around the world are uniting around this because this is crazy. We haven't seen this kind of war in Europe in our lifetimes. So, again, it's a crazy situation. The world of sports is definitely impacted. Soccer, Formula One. See, this is what we miss Eddie Robinson, our European sports nerd. He would have caught us up on a, a lot of those things. So, um, you know, a lot going on with that, and you just kind of have to keep an eye out for it because you don't don't know how this thing is going to escalate, especially if 
Uh, he turns his eyes towards Poland or another NATO country. So let's cross our fingers and hope that that doesn't take place. But the world of sports has definitely been impacted, and we'll start to hear more about that. Also, the uh, the owner of Chelsea in the Premier League, he is selling Chelsea. He's a Russian oligarch, I guess. I don't know who he is, but he's supposed to be a big, big deal, and he's going to sell the team. Estimates are north of $4 billion in value for that team, and so we'll have to see what happens. As other shoes start to drop with that situation, we'll have to monitor that and see how it will affect the world of sports as we know it. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's a very minor aspect of a huge, huge story, but we still want to keep our eye out on that. Now, also in the world of politics and all of those things, last time out, we spoke with Carla Wyatt, who is running for Harris County Treasurer here in the city of Houston, the third largest county in the United States. And she has won the primary, not officially, but I, I think she, her margin is so wide that she's won that race. So if you guys listened to her and were inspired and went out and voted for her, thank you for that. On her behalf, I am thanking you guys and on to November for her as she will run in the general election. So that's the good news. We got another candidate elected. Think about this. We've had some other politicians on and they always do well. Thanks. Thank you guys for your support. I'm sure between now and November, we will have her back again. Just so you know, we grew up on the same street in South Park, Texas. And now she is one step closer to being the Harris County Treasurer. Well, with that, going to take a brief time out. Come back on the other side with Life on Lock and the return of Sports E and a whole lot more. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. Your children are the most precious gift God has given you. Their well-being is of the utmost importance, and finding childcare that exhibits the same belief is, well, non-negotiable. So why not end your search at Brighter Brains Learning Center? Located in Stafford, Texas, Brighter Brains is a licensed, family-owned and operated daycare that promotes an early educational foundation and provides an environment of love, safety, and quality care for children ages 6 weeks to 5 years old. For more information, call 346-328-3717 or visit brighterbrainslearningcenter.org. It's Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade. So before I go any further, I want to send some shouts out to some cities that I've noticed that have been listening a little bit more than usual. want to say hello to Richardson, Texas. I guess that's a suburb of Dallas. They have more suburbs than Houston. So shout out to all the folks in Richardson, Texas, who are listening. A lot of Cowboy fans. You probably don't like a lot of my content when I start to talk about your Dallas Cowboys. Also, Evanston, Illinois. I want to send love to my cousins who live in Evanston, the home of Northwestern University. And I have family up there. But a lot of folks, I hope uh, they've turned a lot of folks on. Looks like they have to the podcast. So shouts out to the folks in Evanston and Los Angeles. California. Shouts out to some folks in and around LA and Missouri City, Texas. Thank you. 
Thanks for the love. Thanks for the support. And in doing this podcast for so long, you know, if you've listened for any length of time, and I've come to know that we're always evolving, changing, adding, losing things for one reason or another. And one of the things we used to do on the radio when Sports Talk with Devin Wade was on the radio and before it morphed into KTSU Sports Talk, we had a segment called Sports Entertainment where we talk about the athletes in the headlines, the gossip pages. We don't do a lot of it, but we'll do enough of it to, uh, again, satisfy everybody with their diverse interests. And to do that, we're bringing in Life on Lock. That's her moniker online, and that's how you will find her, and that's how she identifies herself for the purposes of this podcast. And now she brings us another edition of Sports E. This week in Sports E. Sports e. Entertainment. E entertainment. Entertainment. Hey, hey, y'all. I hope your day is going well and just got a little better now that you're listening to Sports E. Now, for those that don't know, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Life Unlock, and every week I'll be unlocking the latest and greatest entertainment news from all your favorite athletes. And this week we'll be starting with none other than Tristan Thompson. Now, while Tristan may have switched from a Kings jersey to a Bulls one, the Chloe heckling remains the same. In his recent game against Miami Heat, fans were actually chanting Chloe Kardashian's name to distract him while shooting his free throw shots. Now, for those that don't know, Tristan and Chloe dated on and off from 2016 to 2021, and despite having a child together, the two have had a very publicly rocky relationship the past five years due to a series of infidelity caused by Tristan. And it looks like no matter what city he goes to or no matter what team he plays for, these fans will not let him forget it. So we'll definitely let you guys know if the heckling continues in Tristan's next game. Now in other news, Odell Beckham has been feeling very brand new lately, y'all. I mean, he's got a new championship ring, he's got a new knee ligament, and he even has new hair. Now, the true Odell Beckham fans know that for the past few months, he's been rocking the purple curls, but the LA Rams star recently revealed his new black fade to his Instagram followers with the caption, new top. But hair isn't the only new thing in Odell's life. His girlfriend, Lauren Wood, also gave birth to his newborn baby just days after his knee surgery. And on Instagram, he revealed to his followers that he's excited about the new chapters in his life. And he reassured his fans that he'll be back and he'll be back better than he ever was before. Now, while things are on a seemingly high for Mr. Beckham, the playbook is currently looking a little bleak for Art Bryles, who will no longer serve on Hugh Jackson's coaching staff at Grambling State due to the considerable amount of backlash that was received after the coaching announcement was released. Now, for those that don't know, Art Bryles was a former head coach at Baylor University. Now, Baylor is my alma mater, so I am very familiar with Coach Bryles and his accolades, especially from the 2011 to 2015 era. However, Bryles fell from grace when reports revealed that he was involved in the alleged sexual assault cover-ups that occurred at Baylor from 2012 to 2016. Now, since being let go from Baylor's coaching team, he has had quite a bit of trouble finding and keeping a steady gig. Now, Bryles was officially cut from the Grambling coaching staff, but before that, Jackson defended Bryles in an official statement, citing forgiveness, redemption, and enlightenment were the key reasons in extending Bryles an offer as the offensive coordinator for the Grambling Tigers. But it looks like just hours after that statement was released, the Tigers had a change of heart. Now, I'll be sure to keep you updated on what goes on with Bryles and all other sports news. So if you enjoyed this segment, be sure to follow me on all social media platforms at Life Unlock, and that's spelled L-I-F-E-O-N-L-O-C. And be sure to visit me right here next week for your latest and greatest sports entertainment news on Sports E. Talk to you guys soon. And how about that? 
for a debut for Life on Lock with Sports E. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Give us some feedback. Go to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page on Facebook. Or better yet, just give us a call on the sports line, 832-941-6614. If you have any suggestions, requests, anybody you want to hear about, any gossip you want to hear about or know about, uh, just turn us on to your information or your comments by calling 832-941-6614. A couple of entertainment stories. And then, of course, bled over into Art Bryles. Art Bryles has been a topic of conversation inside of KTSU Sports Talk, the Houston show, on Saturdays with Ralph Cooper, the Silver Fox, and, of course, yours truly. And uh, this is what I said initially. This is before all of the uproar caused Bryles to uh, leave and withdraw his name and uh, it probably was not going to happen anyway because the board of regents had to vote on it and that in no way was a rubber stamp so it wasn't going to happen and i think he read the tea leaves he probably didn't think in north central louisiana he would run into the kind of scrutiny and pushback that he did from the folks at Gramlin State, including Doug Williams, who uh, really has something to say about that. But here is what I said initially, and this is how I feel about it. I really went back to refresh myself on just the details of the allegations. And I reached out to some folks from Baylor. I didn't get a chance to really connect with anyone, but to, to sort of see what went on behind the headlines. And, and if I have those conversations, I'll come back and revisit this. But when you go back and look at the cases and the length of time and all the things that happen, you just, it's just hard to bring this guy in to coach. It's just hard on a college level. He may be one of the best offensive minds of our time, but if you are in charge of guiding young men's lives, if you go to parents' homes and say, Hey, Give me your son. I'm going to make a man out of him or I'll help him through this four or five year period where he transitions from a teenager into manhood. And I'm going to make sure that not only he'll become a good football player, but a better man. He'll get his studies. He'll academically, he'll grow. He'll be the kind of young man you'll be proud of. And how can you say that? when you have this check of pass. Now, you can talk about whether or not you believe in redemption and can he redeem himself. He may very well, and I'm sure he has uh, a lot of remorse uh, about how he handled things and didn't do certain things and just, just really dropped the ball on a lot of really, really huge things. But you can be redeemed, but maybe on the NFL level, it's hard to bring this guy in with college athletes. Now, the, the caveat was that he was going to be the assistant. And if you have a strong head coach, the culture will be set by the head coach. And so his impact won't be as profound because the culture is set by the coaches. But it's a hard sell. Now, I understand if you're Grambling, you're looking over at Jackson State, you're like, no, we want some of that. And we're going to go get that. And our Bryles and Hugh Jackson will help us get that. And not only that, he may have very well been able to help guys get to the NFL. He he probably could have gotten guys to the NFL. He certainly did wonders. I mean, he did incredible things at Baylor. You can't ignore what he was able to do. And, and before that, at U of H, at the University of Houston, what he was able to do, a, just a tremendous job with winning and producing players that went to the NFL. So as a coach – I would say 
uh, I can't have you on the college campus. I just it's just too hard. It's too vivid. It's too much. There were too many victims. It's hard to have you assume a leadership role with young men like that. But they asked me, what about it if it was my son? Could our brides recruit my son? And I said, yes. Now you say, you may say to yourself, oh, that's so contradictory. Oh, that is going against what you just said. Here's the difference. My imaginary son, and I bring him up all the time, great young man. He would already have instilled in him the kind of morals and the kind of uh, behaviors that were expected of him before he ever went to college. So he wouldn't be susceptible to some of the bad behavior, at least you hope not, but not my imaginary son. So from a character standpoint, his character traits and him as a young man will be established from how I raised him from birth. Okay, so our brows is not going to change that. My son is not going to go there and become one of these guys that did some of the things that happened at Baylor. Right. <laughs> so, and conversely, he may be able to get my son to the next level or get the the most out of his potential. So I know it's a very complex issue, and I would love to hear your thoughts on that. 832-941-6614, 832-941-6614. Let's get into our conversation with a, uh, a young woman that was able to visit with us on a Super Bowl edition, and you guys really enjoyed her, so I wanted to bring her back to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course, they made news with the hiring of Brian Flores, and we got our thoughts on that, and the quarterback position, and some other stuff. So without further ado, here's D Love Sports. Joining us now is our Pittsburgh Bureau Chief for her first full interview. Uh, she comes by the way of DMV and goes by the moniker online at D Loves Sports on all her social media. D Loves Sports. How are you this evening, D? I am amazing. How are you doing today? I am doing well. And of course, okay. as our Pittsburgh Bureau Chief, I come to you for some insight on the Steelers. Of course. <laughs> Not just because there are a lot of Steeler fans, which there are, uh, but also because uh, that team, your organization, the team you root for, has made the news and the headlines with the hiring of Brian Flores recently. What's the general sentiment about around that hire, and uh, what do you think of it? I think the general sentiment sentiment is the the Pittsburgh Steelers are the standard. Like the standard is the standard, right? They have set the standard, the Rooney Rule generated from this Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, I think overall everyone is excited and happy that they decided to take, a, a, I guess, a chance. Maybe uh, you want to call it, but decided to kind of try to right some of the wrongs of um, the NFL. So uh, everyone that I've spoken with has ha- has not had a problem with it. I am excited about it because this is a defensive guy. Like our coach said, his resume speaks for itself. If he's anything, if if he if it was any other role outside of the defense, you know, I don't. I'm not sure I would be 100 percent open to it. But as far as him leading a defense, I have no qualms with that. Not not one. 
Well, the team doesn't currently have a, a general manager, and of course, Mike Tomlin is the head coach. Uh, without being a, a true insider, what is your take on the how this came about? Who were the decision makers that made this particular move happen? Was it a thing where Tomlin went to the organization? And how do you think that played out, knowing the Steelers the way you do? So, from what I hear, it was a matter of a, a, a phone call that uh, Flores made to Tomlin, and Tomlin, you know, probably went back to the team GM was like, "Hey, you know, uh, of course, because Terrell Austin got got uh, promoted to DC. Uh, there's obviously an opening there. You know, let's see what we can do." And um, you know, they, I, I believe that was a combination of one starting with Coach T, and then and and then of of, of course the, uh, the the GM team. I'll say that because <laughs> there's not just Kevin's still there, but you know we got we got a little team huddled up for that position right now. So talking a little bit about his contribution, obviously, like you said, you he won't be the defensive coordinator. But what does a a defensive minded coach like that provide in the locker room for, and really in sort of in the film room and all of those things for the organization? I think it's gonna be it's gonna do wonders, um, especially at linebacker position. We think about players that didn't have the best year. Uh, like a Devin Bush, right? He's coming. He was coming off a, a serious injury, but didn't perform to people's expectations. You put Flores with someone like him, you already anticipate and expect great things. So I think we're we're all anticipating um, an, a step up in the linebacker position, and and these players to learn so much from him. Well, in, around the NFL, there's a, a quarterback carousel. Those are they're teams that have their guy, and they're a team that want a guy, and they're teams that have guys that want out. Where is Pittsburgh in that whole scenario as uh, you see it? Um, right now, like I, I tell everybody every day, every week, there's another picture of a new quarterback in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform. I, quite frankly, am over it all. But uh, right now, with the combine coming up, I think they still are very, very high on Malik Willis in the draft. People are slinging around Trubisky's name. Uh, I'm, I'm not, he's not high on my list at all. Garoppolo still gets mentioned in there. But after, after the draft, we'll be able to see a little bit more of, of how things shake out. Um, it's, it's still, to me, a little too early to tell. And as uh, Kevin uh, said, they're planning on going into training camp with four quarterbacks. So. Anything could happen at this point. <laughs> well, one of the names that has been thrown around, and, and I've heard you mention it or seen you mention it online, Deshaun Watson. How do you guys feel? Can would the city embrace that? Because of course, we know there's certain cities in certain situations that it's dead from the start. It's a non-starter. What about for the Steelers and the Steelers fan base? Yes, um, I personally, he is like my number. He's my dream. That's my dream. If if you said you could have any quarterback that's available right now and, and he could play, it, it would be Deshaun Watson for that offense, especially if that offensive line resembles anything. Um, I think the city of Pittsburgh would would still be behind it, even given the situation. Um, Pittsburgh has dealt with situations in the past. And I'm going to tell you this, the, the American public, you win people tend to get amnesia about other things. That's just kind of how America is, unfortunately. But yeah, just based off skill set alone, he would be the guy. 
Yeah, on the field, I can imagine he – I mean, he's a fit for anybody. I mean, obviously, any team would love to have him. Is it troubling the allegations that are still hanging over him? And obviously, the grand jury is still impaneled, and they haven't made a decision whether to charge or no-bill him. Uh, is that problematic, or how problematic is it for you and for folks that you come into contact with? I mean, it's it's problematic because there's so much unknown, right? And um, because of what they're asking for, and his contract's about to kick in. I think I think it's like something around thirty million, right? So uh, the Texans probably want to get him off the books as fast as possible, given that they have a new uh, head coach situation, and you know he's just sitting, he's dead weight pretty much for them, right? But it's it's a lot that you're asking for. It's such an unknown factor if he's going to be able to play. How many games could he? be facing suspension wise what else what other legalities are coming down the pipe for him and that's where it that's where it gets money for a lot of organizations like we we may want you because of your talent but we can't touch you because we we don't know and so for pittsburgh i think that's why you draft a malik willis and hopes you could still get a guy like deshaun because i'm gonna tell you right like they, they train with the same quarterback trainer like you know what i mean they they're not too far from from each other's tree if that that makes sense. <laughs> well, one of the things that may influence the decision on that one way or another, obviously will be the hiring of a new general manager. Kevin Colbert steps down and he'll be there through the draft. And what, mm-hmm. what does the future look like for GMs? I know they've interviewed like 12 people or something like that. Just a, a huge uh, array of, uh, of guys from around uh, football. What are your thoughts? What are you hearing? What would you like? Would you like a promotion from in-house or would you like to see someone from the outside? outside come in yeah so a, a lot of different things with that i feel like kevin's not going anywhere per se like i think he's still going to be around he probably won't just be gm but i think he'll still be in house somewhere um there's brandon hunt and oh gosh the other guy escapes his name just left from my mind but i think it's going to be in house i really do omar khan is a name i hear yes omar yes yeah. omar khan. yes uh so there's brandon hunt and omar khan and I think that between the two, I, like it might even be a split type role. I, I really don't know exactly what they're going to do. Of course, they're going to have to give the title to somebody. But I really think that it's going to stay in-house just because with the draft alone. Like if you give Kevin all control over a draft and then expect another GM to come in behind and, and, and then piece that together, I think, I think it's really unfair. So to me, it's leaning more towards uh, what's already in-house. Yeah, that makes a, a whole lot of sense. Well, the last time we spoke to you, you were at the Super Bowl. How was that experience? Obviously, I saw some of the social media. You were doing your thing, and you were doing what you're supposed to do, enjoying yourself, probably connected with a number of folks. How was that experience for you? It was amazing. It was amazing. Um, I wasn't supposed to be there. I just connected with some people, and they're like, "You're," you know, I was. I went to the Pro Bowl, so they were like, "You're right here. You might as well go." I went, and it was phenomenal. It was. It was. I couldn't eat have thought it was going to be that so um just you know hanging out seeing the older players the the young guys and it was just it was a great experience i would encourage anyone to get there and experience that because it's definitely um an eye-opening experience and and possibly even life-changing well yeah and i'll tell you what you were uh almost right on point i don't know you were in vegas i don't know if you put a bet down but you came as close as any of the other former nfl players and experts uh when it came to predicting the super bowl you were very close you said 20 what was your score it was 23 21 and it ended up being 24 21 so you were right there what were your thoughts on the super bowl and halftime and all of that stuff 
So I love the halftime performance. It was amazing. It was it was just classic. It was beautiful. It, it it was short and sweet. We we want and left you wanting more. So that I think that that's a great performance. So starting with the game itself, started off amazing, right? We thought that Odell Beckham Jr. was going to just shine, and unfortunately, he didn't. He he had a slight opportunity, and then he uh, sustained that injury that took him out. I knew going in, him and Cooper Cup were gonna have to kind of figure out a way to be phenomenal. And I knew they were be, you were going to be able to do it. But so when he went down, I was like, wow. And you saw that often struggle for a long time to get down there and score again. And Cincinnati was just having their way. They started running the ball in the second half. And for some reason, I was telling everybody this, it was going to come down to coaching. Like coaching was going to be the dominating factor in this game. And as I'm watching the game, I was like, wow, it might be McVeigh. He might be the coach that gets out coached. But it turned out to not be him. Is it Zach Taylor? He they stopped running. They stopped running the ball, which I thought was crazy. And yeah. um, they stopped using Mixon. Yeah, and like Mixon. Yeah, Mixon was having a phenomenal second half, and that to me turned out to be the deciding factor. And the fact that Matt Stafford was force feeding the only guy that was getting it done, and that was Cooper Cup. It ended the way that I wanted it to and how I thought it would as far as the Rams winning. But it, it, it came down to it, though. It, w- it was a great game. Well, tell folks how they can connect with you and have coffee and talk sports and, and all of those good things. Uh, for folks out there that want to hear more of you or connect with you, how can they do so? Yes. So if you are on Twitter, you can find me on D Love Sports. And we do a Twitter Spaces Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern to 11 a.m. Eastern. We talk all things sports for for those couple of hours. Sometimes we go into overtime for our West Coast family and friends. And um, on Instagram, it's also D-Love Sports. And every week I upload a video slash podcast on YouTube, D-Love Sports, there as well. And you can find me there. Well, we look forward to having you here in the not-too-distant future so we can get your take on a number of things. And maybe we'll ask you about some other teams or other things surrounding maybe the draft or some basketball. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, And don't forget to come join me on Sports & Coffee and talk about your show as well. We love to have you. Well, hey, I look forward to it. And one of these days, I will dive in with both feet. But uh, in the meantime, I keep an eye out for you. I see you doing your thing and, and how many people gravitate towards you. So you have it going on. So keep it going. And we will talk to you. We look forward to talking to you real soon. All right. Thank you so much. For past episodes or more content, go to wadeswordproductions.com. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams.
favorite Marvin Gaye songs. Love Marvin Gaye. And uh, that's one of my favorites. That one there. I want you, even like the remake with Robert Palmer. And, uh, you know, I find myself gravitating to a certain Marvin Gaye songs and I'll stay on that song for a while. I mean, whether it's Jan, the live version, um, you should do Love to Ball. Uh, Of course, you know, the more poignant stuff, especially these days. So you can't go wrong with Marvin Gaye. But if you have music and you want it heard on the podcast, just email us. Music at WadesWordProductions.com. That's music at WadesWordProductions.com. We will get a snippet on the halfway point and an entire track on at the end of the podcast. If you are a DJ, we'll get a portion of a mix and an extended portion of the mix or a whole mix at the end of the episode. So music at WaysWordProductions.com. Genre doesn't matter. We want it to be radio edit, but do the best you can, and we'll work with you. Well, with that, I want to bring in our guy from the Defender Network, part of our special teams unit, Terrence Harris. Had a chance to talk to him last, it's been several days. So some of these things may not be as timely as they would have been had we had our podcast come out a few days earlier but nonetheless he's always interesting to listen to so he is our guy king t king t is back again for the new topic our guy terrence harris from the special teams unit is back aboard how are you king t yo yo i'm doing well man how you doing brother good well you know football is over now it's all about the oh. off season you know, basketball's been off for a week. Uh, a lot going on still in the world of sports, college basketball, where March Madness is around the corner. Man, how depressed. It's, it's always sad. It's like, you know, the end of a vacation or something to me. You know, it's that, it's that feeling, of, you know, it's that empty feeling. But, you know, I'm excited about the USFL and seeing what they could do. I mean, you know, you know, then when the XFL eventually comes back, I found the XFL to really kind of be sort of a, you know, enlightening i mean in in a lot of ways just refreshing so i mean hopefully the usfl would be kind of similar and give us some more kind of grassroots type football but i mean but there's nothing like the nfl and so yeah you know you miss it when it goes away but you know i mean with this year-round calendar that they're on it's always stuff going on yeah there is i mean in the nfl they're going to continue to take headlines and we're going to get into a couple of those headlines in just a moment but you know all-star nba all-star weekend has just uh, concluded this past weekend and it was in your hometown Uh, how much did you look at that how exciting was it for the city of cleveland to have the nba all-stars in town oh it was was great man And, and by all indications i mean it it went off well. I mean, without a hitch, people had nothing but positives to talk about, say about Cleveland and the, the whole experience and the, and the and the basketball game itself. We thought it was going to be very cold there because you remember, like last Friday, there were reports of, of a winter storm rolling in, but miraculously, the sun came out. So you know, it, it seemed like it was a good time had by all, and that's what you want to, you know, that's what you want to hear coming out of your hometown. I was excited and. 
And clearly LeBron was excited. Steph Curry and, uh, was excited. Know, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so it, it was it was a good time. Good time by all, man. Have all. So uh, the 75 list, the the, 70, the top 75 players of all time in the NBA for celebrated because this is the 75th year of the NBA. Anybody left off of that list that you can think of or anybody is not deserving? I don't really know because here's the thing. Like, I mean, a lot of people obviously didn't show up who were, you know, who were on that list. And uh, and so, you know, you don't know. I, I, didn't, I don't know if there's anybody that I could think of right off the top of my dome that just said, uh, you know, that, that they were cheated. But I was looking for folks like, where's Carl Malone? Yeah, he you was know? Yeah, he was there. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't there, but he was, yeah, but of he's course. There. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so the couple, the name, a couple of names. I know people are complaining about Tracy McGrady. I don't know about that one. My complaint is about a guy named Dennis Johnson, because Dennis Johnson was the man, and not only in Boston, but what he did in Seattle, winning a, a world championship in Seattle, being a, a, a NBA Finals MVP, being an integral part of that legacy of that run of those '80s Celtics. He was a bad boy, and to me, Anthony Davis is the guy that doesn't belong on the list. I mean, he has no, one man, bubble yeah, I championship. Really, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if he's a top 75 player. You know, I guess he is. I don't think know, he in the is. Right current, but, I mean, currently. I don't know, like, in the current NBA, this, this dude, he just hasn't stayed healthy long enough to really to really know what this guy is truly, truly about. I mean, in my humble opinion. So, yeah, he definitely didn't deserve to be on that list. Yeah, so there are a couple other guys that I would have to really examine. I had to talk to uh, some, you know, just had those conversations to, to sort of uh, reintroduce myself or kind of jog my memory about some some of these guys. Anything you're looking forward to in the more than the halfway point of the NBA season, but in this concluding part of the NBA season, any kind of surprises you're looking for, anything you're looking at and, and eager to see how it transpires? Well, I mean, obviously for me, you know, the big thing is you know, being a Cleveland guy is, you know, still the best story and the one that's remained for some odd reason untold and really, really not expanded upon are the Cavaliers. And I mean, it just how well this young core of guys are doing. I mean, and they've gone through some adversity. They've lost some key people. But I mean, but still, I mean, you know, they're they're right there. I mean, heck, for a couple of days there, I mean, they they were like the number one seed in the East. I mean, believe it or not. And they've, they've had success against all of the best teams, you know, whether it be Milwaukee, Miami, whoever. I mean, they, they've had success against some of the best teams in this, in the East and they've done well. And I'm excited for them. I mean, I want to see if they had the chops to kind of, you know, make it through and, and at least go in and, and, and win the first round, their, their first round. That's what I'm looking for from them. Yeah, a bunch of unproven teams when you talk about teams in the Eastern Conference. In the Western Conference, you have the Suns, but they'll be without Chris Paul for an extended time. Can Golden State catch them for the top seed, or can the Suns fend everybody off and remain the high seed in the West? Yeah, it don't matter. See, I, I, I tell you, when it comes to the Golden State Warriors, in my mind, they got home court advantage on any court they play on, man. When when Curry's shooting, the, shooting that basketball the way that he shoots it, if Clay continues to, you know, kind of keep coming, I mean, you know, they got to get Draymond healthy, obviously. But what happened with them, I mean, keep in mind, you know, while they had a couple down years because their guys were hurt, they got draft picks, they got better, they got depth, they got energy. And so I feel like they're right back in it again. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the playoffs play out because, again, it's two different seasons. You, once you get into the playoffs, the seasons are just – the game is just totally different. But I'm eager to see what they can do, if, especially when Draymond is healthy. And let's see what, what they can do in the West. I think Denver's still good. Uh, I mean, of course, the Suns are right there. And I don't think we have to worry about a whole lot of LeBron talking to Lakers if they make the playoffs, if they are in the play-in, or even if they're in, you know, five or six yeah. seed, you know. So I, I don't know. I, I think that that is interesting. I mean, the NBA is crazy all around with all of these guys sitting out, being unaccountable, yeah. and Zion, nobody knows where he is. He won't return his teammates' <laughs> call. That sounds like a mess in, in New Orleans, man. Just an utter mess. I mean, I don't know whether the kid wants out. You know, and clearly, I'm, I'm guessing he does. And so now you got to, you know, you got to figure that out this this off season. Well, yeah, and yeah, he, he seemed like he was going to be a bust from the beginning, man. It's just too big to, and well, already with, with foot problems and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, but when he's healthy, he's dominant. Yeah. You know, when he when you put him on the basketball court and he's healthy, you know, he he can play. The kid can ball. But I, I, I'm in agreement with you. I don't think he can carry a whole team by himself. You got to really put a good team around him and let him be a piece. And that's all. I mean, because that, that's what he is. But, you know, I, I think he just, to me, I don't think he wants to be in New Orleans. Yeah, and and that's not good for the smaller markets in the NBA. You need some guys in those markets. I mean, Anthony Davis doing what he did, you know, was was terrible to that organization. And you thought, okay, they rebound because now they have Zion, uh, but they probably should have went with Job ja Moran <laughs> in retrospect. Yeah, so yes. and, and yeah, yeah, exactly. That was the sexy name out there. I mean, and so they went for it, but we see what it got them. Yeah, no success yet. Also in the Midwest, and in, in keeping in the basketball discussion, big uh, situation between Wisconsin and Michigan. Jawan Howard, he struck a an opposing coach. What are your thoughts? He got the five-game suspension. Was that adequate, too much, too little? What do you think? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to just say, you know, that's fine because you can't let these guys – go to like that i mean but i also feel like you know when you really look at the whole situation in its totality i mean you see that that, that coach was in the wrong for for stopping juan and, and and impeding his his path to get to where he was trying to go i mean there's a reason why you have a cooling off period after games i mean and it's because everybody kind of you're in the heat of the moment you need to get your your head back together i mean and so you need some time to collect yourself and that coach was insisting upon not giving him that because he wanted to explain to him why he felt it necessary to call those timeouts should juan have been continuing to press no nah, he shouldn't have been i mean so they both made mistakes but let that man keep walking y'all got each other's phone numbers talk later and then it was unfortunate you know he swung at i don't know who if he was really swinging at the coach but obviously he didn't hit the coach he hit the assistant coach but it wasn't a closed fist thank god it was it was open and uh you know and so he he probably deserved something especially because uh not so I, I wasn't so much bothered by the confrontation between the coaches as i was what happened right after that and that's that the, his players felt like the need, the need to have to defend him yeah and so it kind of played out into a melee and so that's where to me it just wasn't a good look and that's where if you're Juwan, you can't like it's like time and place because again that was in wisconsin had that been in ohio state you might have had a malice in the palace situation <laughs> oh yeah they, yeah they might not have yeah, got out of it because 
Because us Ohio folks, we, we would have locked the doors on them, man. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it could have gotten really ugly. And I, this is what I believe about a lot of situations. A lot of situations, if, if somebody puts themselves in that situation, they get what they get. And I'm talking about guard at Wisconsin. You put your hands on somebody, you find out. Now, again, if you're Juwan and you make that your decision, you know that's going to come with consequences. So are you willing to TYC? Are you willing to take your case? And and that's a decision a lot of people face every day. You know, and, yeah. and unfortunately, like I said, I don't think that was a great look. Especially, you know, again, you hate to assign any responsibility to any one African-American coach. But again, that's, uh, you know, we want to sort of exude the highest level of professionalism, you know, because we're having a lot of these discussions about coaches not getting opportunities. And you just want, I just don't want no trouble. But he's a guy that's a great guy by all accounts. Everybody loves him. He was great here in Houston. Yeah, great here in Houston. He was great at Michigan. A, a really, really good guy, a likable guy, and I think they went a long way in helping him. So, again, uh, we'll have to see if he's able to rebound and get his team going as it pertains to the NCAA tournament and the Big Ten tournament, for that matter. Finally, I want to ask you about Brian Flores. Sort of yeah. a, a surprise to a lot of people, including me, that he was hired by the Pittsburgh Steelers as an assistant coach uh, what are your thoughts on him getting hired and him employed in the NFL? Well, I thought it was an interesting chess move by the NFL. I mean, and I thought if there was one team that would hire him, it would be Pittsburgh, and it should have been. I mean, you know, because of the whole Rooney rule and, and, and what that ownership family has been about and stood for. I thought that, you know, if there was one franchise that, you know, might, you know, extend the olive branch, I mean, I thought it, it could be them. And I think, you know, this is also – and I'm not really in the habit of giving Roger Goodell any kudos, but I know that he had a hand in this. You think so? You know, along with, along with Mike Tomlin, yeah. And I think what they really wanted, man, and, and I read this and it made, and it made sense because it was right in line with what I was thinking, is they didn't want another Colin Kaepernick situation. They didn't want to give these owners a chance to blackball this guy completely out of the league. So this was their way of doing it. I mean, you know, I mean, come on, you're bringing the guy in who's one of the best defensive minds in this game. I mean, he's, he he is a leader of men, and he's a rank-and-file assistant coach now. But he is in the league. He's he's getting paychecks. Well, he's still getting, uh, and, you know, as long as he's not a head coach, he's still getting those paychecks for the next three years from Miami. Well, you we, know, he's winning you know, financially. I don't know, I mean, because according to what he said, remember what he said, basically, you know, when he didn't sign that buyout agreement that, that and that non-disclosure, the money was left on the table. So I don't know how that works. I mean, you know, he kind of made it seem like, you know, they kept his money. Well, and I'm he, sure he said, that the lawyers will get that. Because, I mean, if he was yeah. under contract, he, he's going to get that. Now, whether he has to work to get it, he's going to get his money. Because, again, he was not fired for cause or anything like that. So, right. you know, he's going to get his money. Anything else stand out to you? Obviously, locally, a, a TSU legend passes away this afternoon. I don't know if you heard the news. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Burrow has passed away. Big TSU guy. Big love you, blue receiver. Double zero. And, that, and of course, I got a chance to know him a little bit because he was doing some TSU road games with Chatterbox. 
And, uh, yeah, just a big loss for the TSU community and for all of the old Oiler fans out there. I think he's not celebrated enough. I think he's overshadowed, obviously, by Earl and Pastorini and Robert Brazil and and some of the more flamboyant personalities of that era. But he was right in there with him, a great receiver, led the NFL in receiving in 1970, in receiving yards in 1975. He was a two-time Pro Bowler. And uh, just a big, fast receiver. Man, any thoughts on uh, Double Zero? Man, I mean, this just that, that was tough to see today. I mean, you know, and, and you felt bad for it. I mean, but it just seems to kind of go with how this year's gone so far, man. It's just, it's been a weird year. I mean, and, and, and we're, we're just losing so many good people, you know. So yeah. it was, it was, that was a, that was a tough one to see today. Yeah. So that that's difficult. What you writing about these days? Anything interesting that we should be look on the lookout for? Uh, well, in today's newspaper, we did a feature on on Lovey and him coming, you know, c- kind of coming full circle with his career ending it where it started and i think you know he's gonna have a a really really interesting run i mean and and, uh and i'm looking forward to seeing what he can do because i don't think that we're gonna get the yes man kind of guy that maybe david cully was because i don't think that in lovey's mind because of all of the things and accomplishments he's had he he don't owe anybody anything he's very deserving of his job when you look at his background and credentials. So I don't think that, you know, Nick Casario is going to be able to pull some of the same stuff that he pulled with David Cully that probably preempted David from really being successful here. I saw somewhere where he definitely said, hey, I've never heard of a head coach having to confer with a, a general manager during game about <laughs> play calling. And so I don't see that happening. Yeah. And so, you know, I was really happy to see here's a guy who's going to be his own man because he ain't beholden to Nick Casario or the the um the McNair family, and I, I'm sure he's thinking about it like this. Love you, 63 years old. Fire me if you want to, and pay me. And he's made a ton of money in his career. Of course, he's just coming off. Of, he was in Illinois, and then of course his years in Chicago. So it's not like uh, he has pelts on the wall. He went to the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Yeah, so with Rex yeah. Grossman and quarterback, yeah. so he's an accomplished guy, and I don't think he gets enough respect for what he was able to do in Chicago. I, I wonder what the uh, the folks in Chicago think of Lovey Smith since uh, all of these coaches that have come and gone in his after his uh, departure have not garnered any success compared to right. what he was able to do. So I wonder, it would be interesting. Uh, so uh, with that, how can folks reach out to you on social media? Man, come check me out at, at, on Twitter at Terrence Harris. Um, I'm there. I'm talking stuff. I mean, you know, you can pop over to the Defender and check me out over there as well. Come on my side and say what's up. <laughs> yeah, I see you have some fiery tweets from time to time, so you can definitely keep it interesting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I try to, man. I, I, I try to, you know, keep the conversation going if I can. Hey, man, well, we certainly appreciate you as always and looking forward to conversing with you real soon. All right, my man. I'm looking forward to it too. To have your comments heard, call 832-941-6614. want to thank Terrence Harris. Always enjoy visiting with him. But now it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big dummy. 
The Lamont Award goes to the player, team, entity, someone in or around the world of sports we deem to be the big dummy of the episode. Well, we've already talked about Ukraine and Russia invading. I I don't know how descriptive I was, but Russia invading a sovereign country for the hell of it, unprovoked, committing war crimes in the process horrific what's going on over there and, and it really sort of resembles and this is why i'm glad the world community convened and, and really united against this situation because it reminds me of sudetenland and what hitler did in czechoslovakia in 1938 where you go and take a you take land that you think belongs righteously belongs to your nation well he tried to do that putin has tried to do that with ukraine and we didn't stand up to Hitler like we should have. Ask Neville Chamberlain, 1938. We didn't do that. But the world is doing that now. But anyway, back to the world of sports. We talked a little bit about what happened in the world of sports as it pertains to some of the impact of this deal. Well, this time out, the recipient of the Lamont Award is NHL player agent Dan Milstein who represents a majority of Russian-born players in the NHL. And he's come out to say that his players have endured a disturbing level of harassment and he feels like uh, it will impact their money. He didn't lead with that, but that's definitely in the mix of his comments. That's that's weaved throughout uh, his comments about it. But uh, he's concerned that, that the Russian players or being booed or uh, threatened or whatever. To that I say, I don't give a damn. Are hockey players responsible for what's going on with the Russian government? No. But unless you come out and condemn, and I mean in the loudest, most compelling way, if you don't come out and, and condemn the behavior of Vladimir Putin, then you get what you get. Now, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying that it's right. All I'm saying is, I don't give a damn. What do you expect when this situation happens? What do you think is going to happen to Russian players? What have you seen happen to, to people who have not condemned the Russian government? The guy at the opera, the, uh, one of the maestros, he was removed. You see people being sort of done away with all over the place behind this. Now, is it right? I don't know. But it's understandable. And again, I don't give a damn. You get what you get. This is a country with an awful leader, and enough people are not standing up to condemn his behavior. Now, again, they have state-run television, and they might not know everything. But in the grand scheme of things, Dan Milstein, who represents Russian-born NHL players who may be losing some money and losing some players because of the actions of Vladimir Putin, you can just add that to the list of things he's f***ed up behind this invasion. So, Mr. Milstein, you are a big dummy. You big dummy. (laughs) Now, I'm not telling anybody to go out and harass players, but you know what it's going to be. You know what it is. People want this to stop, and they want high-profile people, whether they're entertainers, athletes, politicians, oligarchs, They want people to put pressure on him to stop this. And so they need to come out. And one of the guys, Nikita Zadorov, he did come out and say no war. 
they are afraid of some of the threats, but I guarantee you they're more afraid to criticize Putin. So in the grand scheme of things, man, I don't, you know, I don't care about them. There are people dying every night in Ukraine, and I'm not going to worry about you know, some NHL player maybe losing his career or losing money because of the actions of his leader in which you all need to collectively uh, remove from office or, or overthrow or do whatever it is you need to do. But yeah, there's that. So with that, before I let go, before I let go, before I let go, hey, want to thank my man Terrence Harris. Want to thank D Loves Sports. Want to thank Life Unlocked for the sports entertainment uh, segment, Sports E. Want to thank you guys for tuning in. Our sponsors, our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. Want to remind you, you can give us a call, 832-941-6614. Leave a message, a comment, some feedback on the show. Please like. Uh, make comments, uh, recommend the podcast to your friends and family. Of course, join us on Sports Talk with Devin Wade group on Facebook and like the fan page. And if you can't remember any of those things, please remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after 6 o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. <laughs> This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening. <laughs>